Today with Catherine Ruinala. It says here in uh, verse 1, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They asked him this because they had noticed there was something about his prayer life that was different. He didn't just recite prayers out of ritual, he had a personal relationship where he would talk with the Father and the Father would speak back to him. I love it when my son comes in at the end of the night or the end of the day and he, he takes time to come in and say hello and tell me about his day. And honestly, I hang on every word, I do, because I, want to, I, I enjoy hearing his voice. It's, it's relationship. I say, I love hearing my children share their heart with me. It gives me so much joy. But that is only a little taste of the joy that the Father has in hearing your voice. The Bible says, your voice to him is sweet. Your face to him is lovely. It tells us in the Song of Songs that when you come to him and no matter what it looks like, coming to him in faith, approaching him in prayer, believing that he hears you, gives the Father so much pleasure. And the Bible promises us that if we call to him, he will answer, hallelujah. So I wanna talk to you about the way Jesus answered the disciples when they said, teach us how to pray. And when they were talking about prayer, they were wanting the relationship they saw Jesus having continually with his Father. He'd pull aside all the time to go and pray. He'd spend time alone. In his, his toughest times, when he had to make decisions, he would spend hours communing with the Father, talking with him, receiving strength, being strengthened by him. The angels that attend to him as he spent time with the Father. And there was this magnificent, glorious relationship that Jesus had with the Father in prayer. And then he, he taught the, the disciples when they asked him how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer. We call it that because it's the prayer that the Lord taught us to pray. Now, I remember when I was six years old, staying the night at my grandmother's house and she bought me a little book on the Lord's Prayer. And I remember reading this for the first time and she sat with me and I thought, this is so special. It's my first time ever hearing it. And then at school, we'd say the grace, we'd say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. We'd say it every Monday at assembly. But you know, if you didn't grow up in a Christian household or you didn't go to a religious school or you didn't um, have uh, people who taught you that as you grew up, many, many people in, in this next generation absolutely have never learned the Lord's Prayer. And it's not a ritualistic thing that we say mindlessly. I use this prayer 
in faith, believing Jesus told us that this was a way to pray that would really help us develop intimacy with the Father like he had. So I used it as a template to launch me in prayer. A lot of people have good intention to pray. They think, okay, I wanna pray. And then they think, I'll run out of things to say. Or um, I think a lot of the time, when I start to pray, I begin to realize, wow, I really, I'm surprised I haven't asked about this earlier in the day already, because I'd spent hours thinking about a problem, and then when I come to pray in the afternoon, realize, Lord, all I have to do is bring it to you, and you are the one who is the font of all wisdom. And so it is such a delight to be able to pray to our Father. And I thought, I want to take some time today just to go through it and show you how I use this pretty well daily to help me connect with the Father in prayer. And I, I believe it'll help you too. So we begin, he says, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. You can also see it in Matthew chapter six if you wanna have a look um, there, you can find it. But it begins, our Father. Even just starting there, he doesn't say, when you pray, pray like this, my Father. Though he wants you to connect with him personally and intimately, he wants you also to remember that he's our Father, that we actually, we are not alone. We belong to a family. He's our Father. I'm not alone, and that I belong to the whole body of Christ, our Father. And not just our Father with the rest of the believers around the world, but our Father as in Jesus' Father and my Father, which means the same relationship that he has with the Father. He was saying, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. Father, just the way Jesus was able to boldly and Speak with the Father, saying, Father, I, I'm praying out loud to you right now, not because I don't know if you hear me, but because I want them to know that, I, that you do. <laughs> Remember when he was praying outside Lazarus' tomb? He had such a beautiful, deep, rich, intimate family relationship with the Father, and he wanted us, when we pray, to adopt that same faith that says, our Father, I approach you, Father, just like Jesus is able to approach the Father. You're not distant, you're not far away, you're not someone that I have to try and impress or, or come to in trepidation, wondering whether you'll accept me or not. But I can pray to you, Father God, like Jesus himself prayed. Hallelujah, isn't that wonderful news? Our Father, who is in heaven. Wow, there's a beautiful thought. You know, I really believe we, need, we should live with an eternal mindset. We should be living, thinking about heaven. I mean, I read Revelation 21 and I think about heaven. It's astonishing to think about it. It just begins even just describing the walls. The walls themselves are not made of bricks or vessel blocks. They're, the walls are made of each layer is of precious gemstone, pure. Can you imagine huge, big bricks of precious, perfect, flawless gemstones? Each layer, 
a different color. And the light of God continually shining through those transparent gemstones. This is just the walls. Heaven is a real and a glorious place. The, the gates are made, each one of a single pearl, the Bible says. And then inside, the streets are pure gold. This isn't some children's fairy tale, it's in the book. And Jesus didn't want us to be ignorant. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I mean, when I'm preparing for a guest, I get, I get a bit fastidious. I'm like, I wanna put the candles on. I wanna have the nice cutlery out. I wanna make sure the place looks good. God has been preparing a place for you since before you were born. He is so excited about you getting to see heaven, because it is your home, hallelujah. And he wants everybody to come. He says uh, his desire is that none should perish, but that all would have everlasting life. And if we thought about heaven a little bit more, and the reality of hell without Jesus, we would be compelled to live not selfish, egocentric lives, but lives that would reach out to draw people to the Father who's preparing a place for them and who desires that they would not perish but have everlasting life with him. Hallelujah. Amen. I've only just begun. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then I start to pray. Lord, let my life hallow your name today. Hallowed be your name is not like hello. Sometimes people think that, hello God, hallowed be your name. No, it's not H-E-L-L-O. It's hallowed, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Hallowed, glorified, lifted up, be your name. And so I use that to begin to pray. Lord, let my words and my thinking, my attitudes, my interactions, let them all hallow your name today. Let them glorify your name. Lord, let my ministry glorify and lift you up. Lord, be glorified in my speech, in my decision making, in my writing, in my conversations, in my reactions. Lord, be glorified, be hallowed, be honored, hallelujah and I pray into different areas that I'm involved with. Lord, let our staff interactions hallow your name. Let our, our um, relationships, let my marriage, let my children, let us hallow your name. Lord, be glorified in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And he, he tells us to pray as a declaration. God's into declarations, you know. He's into speaking life. Your kingdom, come. Your will, be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a surprising statement from God. I want you to pray like this. It means that God's not up there wringing his hands over the earth going, oh, it's a lost cause. He's praying for us, he's asking us to pray your kingdom come. What sort of kingdom? On earth as it is in heaven. And then I get all excited. I begin to think, well, there's no sickness in heaven. 
Father, and I begin to pray, Lord, use me to see the sick healed. Use me to demonstrate your kingdom. You said, heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom has come upon them. Father, and I begin to pray, Lord, I wanna see the sick healed. Father, I thank you. I begin to make declarations. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I speak the word and people recover. I walk into the building and people recover because the kingdom of God is here and you are within me and the kingdom of God is increasing. As I release your words, your kingdom is being established and your name is being glorified. Lord, your kingdom come, your supernatural peace. And I just begin to use it as a launching pad to begin to pray about anything that's in the kingdom that I wanna see released through my life on the earth. Hallelujah. I begin to pray for the nation. I begin to pray for the nations of the earth. And you could spend so much time just there. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And then I begin to pray like, Lord, give me revelation knowledge of your will in every situation. God, give me knowledge of your will. Your will be done. And I, what I do know about your will is that that's openly revealed in your word, I begin to pray, Lord, it is your will that um, our church prospers and is in health, even as their soul prospers. Father, and I begin to pray for the families. Lord, prosper them. Let them be healthy. Lord, I declare that they have happy marriages, and I begin to speak the blessing of God over them, knowing it's the will of God. It's the revealed will of God for them. Hallelujah. Your will, it's your will. You said, God, whatever we ask according to your will, we could have. So I thank you. Your word tells us your will is that they would prosper. Your will is that they would be in health. Your will is that they would walk in abundance of peace. Your will is that all of our children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of our children. Hallelujah. Whatever you can find in the word of God that is his will for the saints, you can pray and declare with confidence. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe that the Holy Spirit also wants to reveal his will to you in situations, and I take time. I say, Lord, I don't know what to do about this particular situation with this person or in, with this decision I have to make, but you do, and Lord, I pray that you'd give me knowledge of your will so that I can begin to pray it and declare it. Show me, Holy Spirit, help me. You said if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask. So Lord, I'm asking, show me what to do about this building, Lord. Show me what you wanna do with the church. Show me what you wanna do with the staff. Show me what you wanna do here. Lord, I thank you as I ask you these questions. What do you wanna do this weekend? What do you wanna say? I, I don't ask like an orphan hoping maybe I might hear something. I ask with a genuine expectation that he'll answer me. Hi friends, for so many years I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free, and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. Imagine if you were truly supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart. In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. When you think about the most 
perfect father you could imagine. I, I had the joy this week of having lunch with my dad. He um, actually got a border pass. He lives in New South Wales, organized a border pass, came up and just had lunch with me. And it was so nice. Um, Mum and dad were divorced when I was about four and, and we only ever really got to see him on holidays. So time with him is so precious to me and we had such a beautiful time together. And he's a, I, I love him so much. He's a good father. But you know, our father, whether you had a good father, an absent father, an abusive father, whatever your experience with father is, you have an imagination and you could imagine what the perfect father would be like. The superhuman perfect father. A father that always knew what to do. Always was the one who could fix things. The father that could fix anything. The father that could protect you in every situation. The father that knew, always knew the right thing to do. The father that would always make you feel loved and celebrated. The father that would always have time for you. God, our father, is better than any ideal of a father you could imagine. And because he is our father, we can have confidence when we pray and we ask him for anything just as you could imagine an ideal, perfect father. Father, I don't know what to do in this situation. Would you please help me? A perfect, perfect, ideal father isn't gonna go, nah, I don't wanna help. No, you haven't really been a good enough person this week. I'm not gonna help you. The ideal father is just warm and always there and ready. That's who he is. And when you have faith in his incredible character, in the character, the kindness of God. He tells us what his character like is like. He says, I am love. God is love. He is love personified. And then he goes out to spell it out. Love is patient. That means God is always patience personified. He is kind. He is long-suffering. He keeps no record of wrongs. He's not holding anything against you. He doesn't even remember your sins. When you've given them to him, he separates them from you so as to never recall them again. So when you're asking him these things, you need to remember he is your father, the one you've always dreamed of, your great hero. Hallelujah the one who always, always, always protects, always hopes, always believes, always celebrates, always loves. He is your father and he wants you to have confidence in him today. Hallelujah. I'm not getting very far, but you'll see this is how I get to pray. I walk and I talk and I, I use this as a template. So as I get off on, our Father, I could stay there for a half an hour at least. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And I begin to ask him. I begin to ask him for all of my needs. Lord, your word says, you will provide all of my needs according to your riches in glory. So Father, I have need today of love. 
I have need today of affection. I have need today of strength. I have need today of wisdom. I have need today of provision and finance. I thank you for it. I begin to give thanks for what he's given, and I thank him for what I need, and I thank you. And I ask him specifically, Lord, I need this much for airtime. I need this much for the television. I need this much uh, for, the, the, um, for the building. Lord, we need help here. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not a beggar, but you provide for what you ask us to do according to your riches and glory. Thank you, Father. And I ask boldly. God, does, God doesn't get upset about that. He loves us to do that because he is our partner. We partner with him as our head, as our Lord and our King. And if he asks you to do something, he will always give you the grace to do what you need to do and the provision for it. But he's waiting for you to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So I ask. I ask about all the things that I'm worried about. Oh, I hope this goes well. Oh, I hope this one gets saved. Or oh, I hope that happens. And as I find myself hoping and worry hoping, really, I begin to realize, no, I need to ask. So God, I'm gonna ask you about that. I'm gonna ask you about that. And I go through all the little things that are on my mind. I'm asking you for this one. Lord, that one needs a healing. That one needs a breakthrough. That one needs this. That one needs that. I ask you for them, Lord. I'm asking. Lord, I wanna see the church prospering. I wanna see the church uh, so healthy, known by their love. So I ask for that, Lord, that they'll be known by their love for each other, that they'll be so in love with you, Lord God, that they will walk in health and holiness. And whatever I want, I ask for. And God tells us when, he, when we ask him how to pray, he says, ask. Give us this day everything we need, our daily bread we need. And I ask him for revelation. Lord, speak to me. I need fresh bread today. I wanna hear your voice. I need an encouragement. I ask for encouragement a lot. And I encourage you to do the same thing because when I do, he really does. I often say, Lord, I need some encouragement. Please encourage me today. And then I look with an expectation to see how he's gonna do it. Hallelujah. Whatever you need, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Some versions will tell you, um, and I like it here actually, I think it's in Luke 11. He says, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. In other words, I come to him and I take that first part and I think about anything that is convicting me and think, Lord, I shouldn't have, had, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. Lord, I'm sorry. And I tell him about it. It's, it's a little bit like in um, a marriage relationship. I've got such a wonderful husband. If I offend him, he's not gonna pack his bags and leave because he's committed to me. But if I say to him, I shouldn't have said that to you, I was a bit rough. You know, it's, it deepens our relationship. It's, it makes things sweeter. And in the same way, I come to the Father every day. Every day. And I keep short accounts with him. Lord, I shouldn't have had that attitude. I'm sorry, that was wrong. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you don't define me by that sin. Lord, I thank you that you don't even remember it now. I receive your forgiveness. I receive it, God. I deserve to pay for that, but God, you have taken that debt from me, and I thank you. I receive 
incredible grace and mercy where you don't even recall that sin. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. And I, 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 I genuinely repent recognizing that without Jesus, I would have to pay for that and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus Christ died and rose again so I don't have to pay the price for that. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. But I genuinely, I genuinely repent and change my mind and I ask him to help me recognize, Lord, is there any presumptuous sins? Is there anything that I've been doing that is displeasing to you? Holy Spirit, bring it to my remembrance now so that I can make sure that I'm exchanging that for your righteousness, your holiness. And then he says, and for, as we forgive those who are our debtors or who are indebted to us. And for me, that even goes to the, the point of situations where people, I feel like people owe me something. That one owes me an apology. When I think about it, they owe me an apology. Have you ever been like that? Well, the Father says, I want you to forgive them like I forgive you. So I think, well, they, I feel like they owe me a debt of an apology. Oh, it's a debt. I can forgive that. So I let the debt go. I let the debt of that apology go. Ha, they no longer owe me, God. Even though I, they haven't paid their debt, even though they haven't apologized, it's a debt I get to let go and forget about just like you've forgiven me. Hooray, praise the Lord. It's our opportunity to be like him. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I thank him that I, he gives me a way of escape out of every temptation, that I'm not a victim, that he has given me strength and wisdom. But I also pray, deliver me from evil. It's a prayer I've been praying very consistently, actually, for the last six months. And I've been amazed to watch how the Lord has been showing me things and people and situations in my life that needed adjustment, deliverance from evil. It's a powerful prayer, and I encourage you to pray it. <laughs>